You are now listening to the Claim It podcast with me, your host, Trisha Huffman, your joyologist. On this podcast, I have conversations with people who intrigue and inspire me. We get into the journey of their lives, the ups and downs, how they get through it all, and driving home the point that we all have fears, doubts, worries, and that our feelings of worth, success, enoughness are not out there somewhere once I have this, do this, be this. Nope. It's something that we have to claim for ourselves every single day. On today's episode, I have Justin Willman. I'm so excited about it. Um, If you don't know that name, you may know him as the guy (laughs) from Magic for Humans on Netflix. If you haven't watched that show yet, it's a must. Magic for Humans on Netflix. Justin is an amazing magician. You could also call him a comedian. He's been a TV host before. He's a really awesome guy. I'm honored to know him and to have gotten to sit down and chat with him. So let's get into the episode. All right. Hi, Justin. Hi, Trisha. Think, let's 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 start at the beginning. Okay. Not I usually start at the beginning of where I've met someone, but with let's start at I and I know most people, not most people, many people know your story and how you got into magic. Mm-hmm. The origin story. Would you retell the origin story? Starting at the magic. Where? That's the only time it gets ex- gets any bit exciting. Pre magic, I'm just a nerdy teenager. Pre-teen, but, actually. But yeah. where did you find magic? It was pretty early, right? Yeah. Well, for a reason. Say, I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri, and my, my parents took me to see David Copperfield, I think, at like seven or eight. And, you know, you're a kid seeing, you know, that spectacle. You don't know that it's illusions. You don't know that it's tricks. You're just like, holy crap, this guy's uh, doing things that aren't possible. I well, want to do that. I think that adults still feel that a way. A lot of adults feel that way. Not all, but a lot. <laughs> well, yeah, I think there's there's a uh, we'll get to I'm sure the the benefits of a healthy suspension of disbelief. But uh, and then I think it was maybe around twelve, uh, twelve or thirteen. I broke my arms. That yeah, that's what you I you know. Was that's my Doctor Strange origin story. You know, how did you break your arm? I was riding my bike while wearing rollerblades, going down a hill with some friends, oh trying God. to impress some girls. <laughs> okay, okay, don't don't wear <laughs> don't do that, kids. There are a lot of 12-year-olds who listen to the pod. (laughs) And my doctor recommended I learn card tricks as physical therapy. That's how I like got back into magic. And I had, you know, I had this free time-ish kind of, you know. uh, So magic was therapeutic at first. So it was not while you were like, you had broken arms, but it was after the cast come off. Well, I still had casts on. You know, I had a cast on my left arm up to my bicep, my right arm down to my elbow. And I was able to, you know, kind of like, follow along. I was like, I can't wait to get these casts off to actually, you know, some of the magic moves you learn. You're like, I, I, I need to actually be able to So the doctor sort of prescribed it, but then you were like into it. Yeah. And I use, use the word prescribe loosely. This okay. is not, this is not sound medical advice. This is like uh, <laughs> some just off, it's malpractice if you think about it. It's just some <laughs> random offhand uh, pitch. And uh, yeah, and I was like mediocre at the saxophone. Like, what did I do before that? I don't know. I was I played the saxophone, and I was clearly bad at sports uh, because of the bicycling. And um, I don't think so that's I, clearly bad at sports. I think that's just ridiculous. Maybe choices. overly cocky. That doesn't show that you're bad at sports. That's um, yeah, nonsensical. <laughs> but I I think I found magic. Magic was like the first thing I was 
like good at, like, uh, like stood out as like, oh, you're really good at that. You know, like when you're a kid and you do something that uh, uh, your parent doesn't understand, you're kind of like, it's almost like a little paradigm shift because normally, you know, your, your parents teach you everything. They know everything. There's nothing they, they don't know that you know until I was able to do a trick. And my dad's like, I don't know how you don't, I don't want to know. My parents are always, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Love that. Which was very sweet. Sometimes they'd accidentally walk in on me, like shoving a bird up my sleeve, and my dad was like, "No, no, I didn't want to see that. I don't want to know." That's cute. And uh, you know, bought me magic lessons, and I kind of became this kid magic entrepreneur in high school, um, doing gigs on the weekend, doing kids' birthday parties, saving up money, and and at that time, then, like, so was it more you you enjoyed it from the start, or was, or was it also like? Oh, look, people, it's nice to have people like acknowledging me. I loved it. I did love the attention. I think I never really, I knew I liked the idea of being kind of, you know, like having, you know, being a performer or having a spotlight, you know, because I loved Johnny Carson and Steve Martin. And I would watch the study the Tonight Show with Leno at night, you know, like I just loved that. But I didn't know, I wasn't like funny yet. I didn't know what my thing was. So magic gave me like, the confidence to have a thing to share that people liked. And I loved nerding out on magic. So it was kind of like, I loved, I loved the craft of it. I loved the attention. I loved the business of it. I loved that I could like do gigs and, and, like and be paid money. and like have like quote unquote financial independence in high school, you know, like uh, save up and buy a car and make bad choices with that car, you know, put subwoofers in a Volvo station wagon <laughs> and dark tinted windows and blacked out headlights, you know, well then, so also, you were getting paid. You have this business, and did you also then get made fun of for being into magic, or were you just like the whole time like, "Hey, I'm cool"? Because right now, I'm yeah. like, "You're a cool magic." You yeah, know? you like, know, like I, I, but I make people make fun of everything in high school. In high school, you get you know, ma people call me magic boy or like, "Hey, what's up, magic? Show us a trick," that kind of thing. But I never, and I don't think that was necessarily making fun of. I think that was, I, I was lucky that I was like the only magician in my high school. <laughs> Um, so I, so it kind of made me feel it was special. Right. Um, I, I never, so really even if they were like, Hey, magic boy, you were just like, Hey, they know I do magic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I play into I that my thing. Like I play into that trope of like, Oh, magicians, you know, get bullied and made fun of them. And I'm, I'm a lot of them do. And I'm sure just because magic, you know, I think it's a hacky joke to say that it's like a nerdy thing, but I think, I think it is really cool. And I didn't necessarily get, I, I think it made me cooler. Yeah. To my peers in high school, you know, because it gave me a, a thing. It gave me an identity. Yeah. 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 I, it is. Magic is such a funny thing. Like, yeah. I think I, I mean, I've always, especially in knowing you, anytime you showed any trick or whatever, I was just like in wonder about it. But I didn't know anybody that did magic or growing up. So, yeah, I think if I knew somebody growing up, I would probably think it was cool. But of course, people I'm guessing would would tease it because they're just also like looking for things people are always i think wanting to feel better about themselves and so then they're just like oh if that person's cool because they do magic like unfortunately i think that's something that happens in high school like, yeah just the tall kinda, like, poppy thing you know put things other people down. anyone who kind of like excels it's like who who do you think you are you know like but it's so um it's so fine with sports and jocks you know to be the all-star whatever but right um yeah, I think it was, it was, it was, my good friends, you know, would still, you know, keep me, keep me grounded, you know, call me out if they if saw how trick worked or, you know, tone it down, magic boy. Or, <laughs> yeah. 
So did you did you then feel like at that young age when you started to like work parties and stuff like that as like, hey, maybe I can make a real career out of it? Or was it more was it just like a hobby that you just then kept like doing for fun? Or were you like from early on like this is gonna be my thing? Yeah, it wasn't it was maybe it wasn't long. Like from when I started doing magic, maybe within a year or two when like I was I was serious. I would like go to magic competitions around the country and like wow. try to compete on a national level. And I think I, yeah, I, I think I, from the very be- beginning said, I want to be a famous magician. That's amazing. And then I also would say like, I want to be the host of the tonight show, you know, like, you know, those, right. those bigger goals are, you know, but, but I, you know, this was Lance Burton and was my magic idol and Harry Blackstone Jr. Like all these guys, you know, you see them and you're like, oh yeah, I want to have a magic special. I want to be one of those guys. Yeah. So when you, you went, you went to college, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Went to Emerson College in Boston. And what did you study? Broadcast journalism. Broadcast journalism. Mm-hmm. Okay. That then fits. Had to get a degree like, um, to, to, you know, make the parents happy yeah. and it made sense to me. And I think, you know, like because of the magic, I then became a little more comfortable like on camera. So I would do the news in high school and stuff. And, oh, okay. Yeah. So it was, uh, but I did magic the whole time through college. And what was that? Like same sort of thing? Like. How do you, because is it sort of like now it, you play a lot of comedy um, mm-hmm. place, play, what do you call them? Comedy, clubs and clubs, yeah, comedy like clubs. That. Is that where you even started back then? Or how do you start doing comedy at college? Is it just like at fraternities, My, like around anybody's parties and then seeing or like? I mean, I, I always, I think by college, you know, my act, I, I was always trying to be funny, you know, like I wanted to incorporate comedy. I wasn't yeah. like, I wasn't, it wasn't like a good comedy or original comedy, you know, but my best friend in college was Dan Levy, who's a stand-up comedian. We kind of befriended one another because he was, uh, he, like, in when he was in high school, he was kind of like the stand-up comedy kid, you know. So just like I was the magic kid in high school, he was like the kid who would do comedy, you know, at age fifteen, sixteen. And would he be like old. going out and like doing mm-hmm. it at clubs? He would do these like young comedy competitions and stuff. Oh, okay. So so we kind of bonded over that, and then he would. He would go up uh, at comedy clubs around Boston and, you know, bring me along with him. We'd do open mics and stuff. And that's when I started. So when you like, would go along, you, like, you would even like go do I would take my magic. I would, I, I would always do magic. But I would, I, that's when I started realizing like, oh, I need to like, like, I'm not actually funny, funny. I'm kind of like cheesy funny. I need to yeah. like write some good stuff and, and uh, you know, constantly be honing that craft. So he was instrumental, I think, in, um, that's, that's, I think, when I started like, trying to be a comedian, you know? So if I was a magician from age 12, I think I like started comedy at maybe 19, 20 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, well, I love. I mean, I, that's like the favorite parts of watching is like so often like when you, like when the like magic trick like that seems like it's not working or sort mm-hmm. of and like, I don't know, like I love how you put the comedy into your <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean- It makes this... it so much more like when you get to it at the end. Yeah, I don't know. It just makes it so much more funny and wow. Yeah, because normally you see like when there's a comedy magician, like if they're really, really funny, a lot of times they're, you know, the, the funny is making fun of the idea of being a magician. So the magic doesn't have to be good. You know, it's just they're yeah. really funny, like Amazing Jonathan, you know. And, but I, I still wanted to do good magic, but I also like kind of wanted to make fun of just the idea of being a magician. So, so I've kind of found that hybrid. So then, so you start going with him to comedy clubs when he's doing like stand up, and mm-hmm. then yeah, like are, then did you continue that through college. Then we moved to LA together when we graduated okay. college, and then we were roommates out here, and we 
started uh we you know started booking our own night every wednesday at uh the haha ha cafe comedy okay. club in north hollywood and that's something if you're booking your own night like what does that look like when you're starting out because some places you have to like even pay yeah we were just like kind of like yeah like, it's not like dumbly i you know stupidly ambitious where you know we just kind of pulled it off it was a lot of getting our friends to come out to the shows but right then because people aren't going to be like, yeah, sure. You guys think you can bring people in? Like, yeah, I was going to say, like, I was like, that's all they care about. That's all they care about is that you're going to bring people in. Yeah. You know, but that way it gave us a guaranteed spot every Wednesday to absolutely know we're going to perform, you know, because it's hard to get stage time. Yeah. Yeah. And what, at the same time, are you finding like a day job or you're like, I will make money. I'm doing, and then I'm doing kids' birthdays on the weekends. So you just like self promoted? Self promoted, put an ad in the parents' paper out here and. Kind of followed the blueprint I did in Boston, just kind of tried to make myself. And so you did that while you're in college as uh-huh. well. You just always continue to do cat kids, kids parties, magic shows. adult parties, corporate events, bar and bat mitzvahs, like all those. Yeah, gigging it up. So on the weekends, I might do seven or eight shows. That's like on amazing. a Saturday, you know, like, you know, a, a birthday at 10 a.m., another birthday at 1 p.m., and then a 5 p.m., you know, like just, yeah, just darting all over the place. Yeah. And you, like, I think that's so amazing because I think feel like so many people can just be like, this is going to happen. But then they're not like doing the regular work. I'm even talking about myself right now because uh-huh. <laughs> you gave me advice a long time ago, which you may not what remember. Uh, it was in a time I was not touring. I had like, so I was a touring sound engineer and then I became the touring geologist and I was yep. like, in a phase, I was living in New York City, and I was all excited. I'm like, I think I'm going to write a book. Oh, you know what? I think I would also be an amazing TV talk show host or TV personality. That's what I'm going to do next. I'm going to become a TV personality or something like that. That was among the many ideas I had. Mm-hmm. But I remember like emailing you, and I don't know if you were already even hosting. I don't think you were even hosting Cupcake Wars yet. Maybe I was doing Rachel Ray or something like that. I don't that. know. You must have been doing like something. And I was just like, hey, I don't know. I want some advice on like, how do I get into this? And you were like, well, if you want to do something, you have to prove to people that you can do it. Like, why don't you start your own like YouTube show or something like that? Mm-hmm. Like very good advice. I didn't follow it because I was like, I don't need to do that. Right. Like, and then probably the next week I had another amazing idea of what uh-huh. I was going to do with my life. So it also wasn't like the biggest passion, but. I still think about that. Like you were just very like, it wasn't in a rude way. You're just like, oh yeah, okay. Well, if you want to do something like, then just like start doing it so that you have proof. Yeah. Like, you like know. a body of work. Yeah. 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 Like just start a YouTube channel talking to people or something. And like. <laughs> and I think I, you know, I stumbled into that because, you know, I want to be a magician. Well, I, that means like no one's looking for a high school age magician. So I just need to create my own gigs. So that's just kind of like naturally the way I, you know, started into it. And then, uh. Yeah, but I think these days it's like no one's gonna, it's better to create your own thing and then, you know, have someone be just, it's impossible for them to ignore the fact that, oh yeah, this is, they've got this thing. It's really good. And then you can make your mistakes on your own time and, you know, um, no one has to see the flubs. (laughs) Like these days, a lot of people, like a lot of magicians, you know, like try to get on America's Got Talent, you know, before they're ready or, yeah. you know, all these things. And I feel like you, you really need to kind of just make your mistakes and, you know, hone your craft and put in the work, figure out who you are on stage, you know. Well, I'm just saying, I'm sure like you doing kids' parties every weekend wasn't like your favorite thing in the world, but it paid your bills. But I'm sure there's people out there that like, I'm going to be this big magician or I'm going to be this big 
comedian or whatever. And so then they're only trying to get into the clubs. And so they would rather choose like, I'll be a waiter during the day or something yeah. and then do this. I loved the kids' brunch, actually. Okay. Well, because I was like, because I, <laughs> well, I mean, I loved, you know, being being busy and, and I, you know, making money, you know, like, to you are supporting being paid myself. To be a magician. Right. But I'm, you know, but as opposed to feeling like, you know, I'm not doing the kind of magic I want, I just always did the show that I wanted to do. It just happened to be for kids. You know, maybe I'd kitty it up here and there, but like really I'm playing to the, the parents who, right, that are who have low you. expectations. <laughs> They're in the back of the room. Like my goal was to obviously whip the kids into a frenzy, but have the parents be like, all, all paying attention, leaning in, like, oh God, these guys are actually really good. You know, like, yeah. Um, so, so that, you that were was like for me. fully showing up at yeah. those kids parties because when i moved to la i started doing like colleges you know and that became my my you know main source of income and gigs you know i did kind of ditched the, kids i did naca, the NACA a lot yeah. yeah i thought mona was on and oh talked yeah about that. yeah that's where i crossed paths with them oh, for and the first then molly time molly engelhart also yeah. do you know she did spoken word I, yes I, like yes. deaf poetry sort yes. of stuff on that yeah. a little bit and I basically did like my kid's birthday party show just with some dick jokes, you know, like kind of sexual innuendos uh, in the place of the, you know, the kitty stuff. And, and it worked. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So, yeah, you were just like full time working yeah. on magic. And then where did, yeah, when you first started getting on TV? Well, no, so you were like Cody. I was kind of doing a bunch of things, that, trying to do a bunch TV of things show. at the same time. Yeah. I, well, I did. I like guest, guest star and Sweet Life on Deck. Right, that's what I was thinking. And then I was, um, you know, a regular magic buddy for Rachel Ray. And was that her things talk like show. you wanted to be on TV? How did you yeah, even get to, yeah. into like getting yourself in the place to being picked up to be on TV shows? Well, I needed to get, um, you know, an agent or a manager. So right when I moved to LA, I ended up getting um, like a commercial agent to send me out in commercials, and I booked a couple commercial things here and there. And was that to be a magician or just kind of anything? But 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 when when they were looking for a magician, obviously that would be a no brainer. Yeah, and that tended to be the only thing that I booked, you know, for a little while. And then I knew I wanted to be wanted to be a TV host, at least you know have that. You still have the TV host. Yeah, I knew like, that, you know, I was like, I don't always have to do magic. And, and when you kind of, which is basically TV hosting is kind of, you're kind of putting on a show without having to do true. the tricks. Yeah. So I would go on all these random hosting auditions. And one of them was, you know, getting, getting in the room with the Rachel Ray show people when they're putting her show together. And uh, I kind of did that 18 times, like over, over a couple of years. So that gave me like a hosting reel that they could share around. and then. Cupcake Wars, random audition that kept me busy for like six or seven years. That was six or seven. Wow. Yeah, nine, nine seasons. And even that process of being like, okay, I'm going to get an agent and this is what I want. Was that something, you know, did people tell you like, what are you doing here or anything? Or were like, okay, maybe we'll find a place for you someday. Like was, did you get pushback at all? Um. Or you yourself sort of like knew, okay, this might take a while. I knew, I knew it would take a while. There. Like I knew, you know, everyone always says like, it's just about handling rejection, you know, yeah. just being, being prepared to take a lot of no's. So I knew that. And it is, a, you know, it is a roller coaster. You do get pretty, you know, you go to audition and it goes well, like you're driving home and your head is already. They laughed. They yeah, your me. head's like, already like thinking of all the, the, the ways your life will change and, you know, that you can get a better apartment now, you know, you're doing all this stuff. And then, so you kind of have to, I learned to just kind of just, it's hard to not say not care, but just, just to never, um, 
you know, go there, do the best I can do and try my best just to forget it ever happened. And then if I get a phone call about it later, great. But like, and the fact that I had my own thing as a magician that I was able to have complete control over was crucial because a lot of people don't have that thing. So like, yeah, so at the same time you're trying out for these, you know, shows and stuff like that, you are still building your magic show. Right. And at that point too, are you starting to play around? Like, Cause I feel like I was when doing, I, co- met- I mean, for the most part, colleges, you know, okay. so, and those are, you know, like you feel like you're really like, you know, gigging on the road, but you know, it's, you're not like building a fan base that buys tickets. You're just building a right. fan base of college students college who, will, you- who will come to your show for free, you yeah. know? Yeah. But, um, I think when we met, it was maybe around 2006 or so, um, because, you know, like John Morrow, yeah. our mutual good friend, and the Big Peace Brothers, and Bushwala, yeah. and Jason. You know, we kind of all like, you know, came into the mix. And then uh, it was probably when Jason was like, yeah, let's bring Bush, the Make Pieces, yeah, and this magician on tour with us. Yeah, the Magic Maze tour. Which I think was like April 2007. No, I think it was 2000. Eight. Okay, 2008 maybe. It was the year my dad died because that's the tour I left. Oh, that is and the never tour. Went back that's to right. Sound, and I was a freak. So that was 2008. It was like huh? my dream tour. Yeah. Like all of our my most favorite people, amazing people, got to be on the same tour together, and I was. Working Did you start it. the tour? Wait, maybe it wasn't. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Right. Because I was thinking, no, I didn't do sound anymore. But right. So I started the tour. My dad died the like day I was flying to Australia to meet Jason there. So I went from the funeral to Australia. And uh, like, and then came back and went straight into rehearsals for Music Magic Makes Peace Tour. And I was like, yeah, I was like, oh, my dream of all of these amazing people I live on tour. And I was such a mess. Wow. And I did like two weeks of the tour. And then I was like, I can't do this anymore. And so it was even a harder choice, like to leave a tour. But like, it was like my dream come true. Um, Yeah. So that's when I met you. Well, no, no, no. We met probably before that, but that was like a big thing. But at that point, were you, was that, were you like touring at all doing I was doing colleges a lot. I was like, that's what I felt like. I was doing doing a lot of colleges. Yeah. Yeah. And I was doing racial race stuff then too. Yeah. It was kind of in the midst, but it was before Cupcake Wars. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a blast. I mean, that was very, I think, life-changing for me just to know, like to, to be, you know, the Jason took a leap to like, you know, do take his tour, people who are coming to see him and give them something that they definitely weren't expecting. And you're like the first. It was already a risk. And I'm the first. I'm kind of like the host. I'm up there like five times throughout the show. Bring him on stage. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And these are venues like, you know, the Fillmore in San Francisco, like where people come and they're they're there to kind of have a bunch of drinks and and watch Jason Mraz. They're you know, there's a magician on stage. They feel like, okay, come on, get it. You know, get there's a lot of, there's a lot Jason that could out. go wrong. Yeah. And th- that tour like gave me the confidence to realize that wow, I can do what I do in venues where people aren't ever used to seeing magic and maybe didn't come to expect that, you know, right. like it was, it was, it was good confidence boost to know that I could to, kind like, of see you could win, people tr- win over a crowd. Over, yeah. 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 And, you know, just like the you know, the community and the camaraderie and it was, it was, it was fun. And so you booked Cupcake Wars? Probably right after that, I guess. And what was that then experience like? It was kind of like like a random, it was kind of like a random slow build. Like at first it was just this Like Were you at first like a show about cupcakes? Yeah, even on the audition (laughs) I'm like this... Because I this feel like that was the first up. like food competition show. It was like, it was that. definitely the first like desserty Dessert, baking yeah, thing. One. 
Yeah. And I, th- I think, you know, I did the audition, thought, you know, if, if the show even gets picked up, I don't think that went well. And then ended up shooting the pilot. And then it was like six months later until they're like, we're going to picked up eight episodes. And it was like, oh my God, it's a real show. So then we're, you know, on this lot for a couple of weeks. And then, you know, and then it's like months and months till that airs and then months and months till they do more. So it was always, it was never kind of like, so like this is happening, but it what, didn't seem like that. It, big if, of a deal. Yeah, like, exactly. yeah, I'm on a TV show. Right. In like viewer's perspective, it was like, well, that's what he's doing all the time. But but in real life, it's like, you know, this Just is like maybe three weeks of my year. Wow. Or, you know, three or four weeks of my year. Yeah. yeah. So then I was, you know, able to, to, to tour it up. And then because of Cupcake Wars, oddly, um, it enabled me like to when I would tour comedy clubs, just at least to give you that like, oh, yeah, I know who that is. You like, recognize. There's so much that... There's, Even though, though, at that, you were no magic. I'm not doing magic and Cupcake Wars. I'm not TV host. able to, like, be f- very funny yeah. on the show. Like, I'm not able to write my own stuff. So it's kind of like, it, it, the, all it is is like, uh, oh, yeah, I know who that guy is. Or like, oh, I like that show, and that's that guy from that show. Yeah, but, that, but I think that's that all it takes. Yeah, I was able to, like, just go right into headlining comedy clubs. And then that's where I really started to, like, build a fan base of people who would buy tickets to see you. And, and I think that's when the show, like, when it started to... When I started to feel like I'm actually a com- like a magician and uh, actually a comedian as well. That's when you're... That's when I felt like I would, I could, I'd be comfortable calling myself a magician and a comedian, as opposed to a comedy magician. Comedy magician. Yeah. And what was the experience like of being on... Did that, that all, at all feel like where people are like, oh, are you not doing magic anymore? Of like, because Cupcake Wars, I feel like, got pretty big. It got really big. It got, right? it got, in the yeah. repeat, like, it was like, it's like, it's still like, oh, it's constantly on. Yeah, it's on. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll like travel to a different country and be like, oh, there's yeah, it became Justin this, and Cupcakes. It, was, it, it wasn't right away when it became huge. Yeah. I think it was maybe by the time, like, between season two and three, when I would start getting recognized and, um, and they would play it so much. It, it, that's when I realized, like, wow, like, do I regret that now I'm just like the cupcake, the cupcake guy? Because <laughs> what's so funny is that now, like, when people watch Magic for Humans, there'll be comments that are like, I thought he was just the cupcake guy. You know, when did this guy start doing magic? You know, <laughs> what's like, up with the, who gave the cupcake? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you kind of like, cupcakes? <laughs> part of me was like, oh, yeah, did I make a mistake? Because you can only kind of, you know, public perception, it's, it's hard to like, retrain them as to what you are yeah. or like because it's so you know they want to label you he's he's this guy or he's that yeah even guy. like actors that are on the same yeah. show forever right like an amazing sitcom then it can sometimes be a struggle for them yeah to but i just kind of just decided you know what no it's not gonna i'm, I'm you know it's not gonna be a struggle they're gonna figure it out i'm not even gonna i remember instead of me like deciding like okay i need to like go out of my way to convince people that that I'm a new, th- I'm this now thing, you know, now a magician guy, whatever. I was just like, you know what? They'll figure it out. I don't even want to worry about it. And luckily that, that's worked out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people don't even remember that you were You can change your identity. Now. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of fun. You just got to commit to it. I think a lot of times so much of the, it's just one of those random fears that I think we come up with in our head to maybe talk us out of doing a thing. So oh, many of, of the, so many of the, yeah, you've heard of those. Oh so many of those we, like we're fears. We're so good at talking it's ourselves like no out. One, no one puts the time and effort into thinking of the things that could go wrong than like we do. Yeah. And hardly any of those things, if any of them, end up even factoring in. It's like people don't think about, uh, people don't, people are busy thinking about themselves and worrying about themselves. They rarely put too much effort into thinking about you yeah. about like wait who is you know but even if that was like they're 
probably were some people, but if you're spending your energy so concerned about that and like, how am I going to win over? Or you could just stick with the belief like, yeah, I was that person and I'm this person. Yeah, deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> Figure it out. No more information needed. Yeah. Same person. Happened to do these things. Yeah. And, you know, like for a little while, I like that was Cupcake was my first um, experience with like the haters, you know, like oh, right. kind of being out, being out there in that in that now public you're eye and more then, recognized which is yeah. exciting probably. and then this was like well this was like when twitter was you know very big and active you know and, yeah. and therefore you are putting yourself giving anyone who wants a direct line of communication to your to, to you I'm to your mentions i'm sure there's people out there that yeah i want to pick on the guy and i and i of course wars. like a glutton for punishment would like seek these things out let me let me search on twitter cupcake wars host Right, because I'm not hoping even directly for tweeting you. You are not, searching. I'm searching <laughs> them, and and <laughs> some of the just the meanest, harshest things. Like, but of course, like of course, people are going to say things about yeah. And but but that's when I realized, like, oh my god, like this show's popular, and like, and I think what makes a show really, really popular or a person is that you kind of have to. You can't just be in the middle where people are like, oh, yeah, that person's okay. You, like I find, you think about like the most successful people, right. people, people love, love them, them or hate them. them. Yeah. And the people who even hate them means they're still watching the show. It's yeah. kind of like you need your heroes and your villains. Not that I was a villain, but I was like, oh, wow. Like you were getting under being strong, like having some sort of a strong angle is the way to go as opposed to tiptoeing and trying to make everybody like you. So that was you, nobody. Yeah. So I grew a thick skin from that, which was nice. Good, good. Or at least the ability to like disengage. And I mean, not great at, at it, but I'm glad I had that experience before, you know, uh, the spotlight get bigger. When, right, because also now what you're doing is, is like y you. Yeah, right? now what I'm doing is me. So it's like now I feel like that helped you. Where it's oh, sort of yeah. like, oh, I'm in this role. I used I'm to saying disconnect other people's stuff before. and that. But yeah. like, yeah, if this was your first like bit of like getting that much attention, that it might have been you would taken it more personally. Exactly. After. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, it's me, Trisha, bringing you a brief interruption to tell you about my daily inspiration app called Own Your Awesome. You may know I have it. Did you get it yet, though? Here's why you want it. It's easy to forget what we want, to allow doubts and fears and the hardships of life weigh us down. The app is a place for you to come to at any time, get a little mindset shift, a boost, to ask yourself a question, to think more deeply about what you're up to and why you're doing it. You can also set a reminder in the app. So anytime you want it to be nine, you want it to be 12, you want it to be 4 p.m., get a reminder to go check the app. I just opened mine and this is what I got. I can be kind and still be honest. I can be kind and still stand up for what I believe in. I can be kind and still voice my opinions. I can be kind and still say no. So that could speak to you on many different levels and what could be showing up in your life right now. I'm gonna hit show me a card again. I create a space of listening and love for all, including myself. So you could ask yourself, hmm, where have I not been listening to myself or to other people? Where could I show more love to other people? Next card I got is I let go of what I cannot control to be present to what I can do in this moment. Maybe you're sitting in traffic and you're pissed off about it and you open up that and get that. Hmm, I can't control the traffic. 
I can be present to what I can do in this moment. What can I do? Mm, I could check in with a friend. I could listen to good music. I could listen to an awesome podcast. Let's see what George Rell just has. <laughs> so all sorts of powerful affirmations and thoughts. Scroll through them at any time. Pick one that you love. You can mark it with a love symbol. Easily share it. It's only $3.99 in the app store. Go get it. And you can also gift it to people. What an awesome gift. All right. Own your awesome in the Google Play and Apple app stores. Let's get back to the episode. So at that time, though, were you like at all? Like, did you always feel like, yeah, I'm going to, I mean, you were still doing magic shows on your own, but like, did you have back then even the idea for like, I will have my own magic like, where did even the idea of creating your own magic TV show? Oh, I think I always had, I mean, I you think always... I always wanted, I remember, I think maybe it was in high school when like David Blaine's special came out, David Blaine's Street Magic. And it was so, like, it feels like he became a household name overnight, you know, like he just became like, oh, he's like now the new guy. It was like, yeah. if you Especially think about magic, famous there's magicians. There's a lot less people that people, I'm sure there's tons of magicians out there. Much like fewer magicians. Yeah, exactly. That we know. Because if you think about it, there's... There's, you know, there was Doug Henning and there was Harry Blackstone and then David Copperfield. And then after Copperfield, it kind of really wasn't like a big famous person until Blaine came along, you know? And then Penn and that, Teller always. Well, that's that one guy. Chris Angel. Yeah. Yeah. He came along <laughs> after Blaine. I was like, there's some other. <laughs> but yeah, there's not many. It's yeah. kind of like, it's almost like. That's about. Yeah, the that's... public has, <laughs> has space for a couple. Yeah. But Blaine was. I think seeing Blaine special and then as a magician watching it and, you know, obviously he, he had like the big stunt at the end, you know, freezing himself in a block of ice or burying himself. Those weren't like in my wheelhouse or things that I wanted to do. Like those were his like publicity selling points. But the bulk of the special is just him out on the streets doing a lot of the simple magic tricks oh. that I was doing at the time. Like stuff. Okay. It, I, you know, I don't think I really, I think maybe the jealousy blinded me from realizing the revolutionary thing that he was doing is that it's not about the trick, it's about the people, you know, he's doing, he's out there on the streets, wearing a t-shirt, doing a trick, and the camera is just fo see, getting these amazing reactions, you know, and, and that's what, I think that's what makes magic fun to watch on TV is like, because it's, it's, it's fun to watch how people will react when their mind is blown, you know, and then that blows your mind as a viewer. Because I'm not there, I need to trust that the person David Blaine's doing a trick for is amazed. So it makes it, it kind right. of like completes this guess, little equation. Yeah, I guess so. Because obviously, if yeah, if the person that you are doing it for in person isn't is that impressed, yeah, it doesn't then compute. It affect my. It's reaction. yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing. It's like kind of just yeah, it doesn't add. It's not satisfying. To so watch. you always had in the back of your mind, like I'm gonna, I want to. Yeah. Do it. Well, all it's the specials show. I saw before that, you know, are these these magicians on kind of like on the big stage with these very yeah. expensive props. And it's just kind of like, well, man, well, how would I ever get the money to buy that? Right. But you see Blaine not... and he's using, you know, uh, making a bite and a quarter, or doing a trick with a deck of cards. Like, it's like, oh yeah, I, I know how I, I can do those tricks. It made it, made it like real. It made it seem like an yeah. possibility yeah. for you. So I was always pursuing like some sort of a magic pitch. Okay. And I and I probably yeah. Have you been pitching it for do, do, a dozen or more different iterations of shows yeah. that were not good? And I don't blame people for not picking them up. But at the time, I thought these people are idiots. This is the this is this is the thing. Yeah. Um. But you you kept going. Kept going. Kept yeah. Creating new ideas. Yeah. Right? The whole the whole while it was yeah. I mean, I'm so glad none of those ever did happen because it would have like happened and then fizzled and then 
it's kind of like, well, you got your shot. Uh, that didn't work. You know, you, I didn't, luckily I didn't have like a, a public flop on the record, you know, right. magic wise, because no one had ever bought in a pitch, you know, but. But at those times when you're like so pumped up and like, this is it. Mm-hmm. I got it. I got a meeting. And then you're like, afterwards, like, would you have moments of like, it's never going to happen or just like, that's not it. Like. Yeah, I mean, I think it was, I was beating, I was racking my head against the wall a lot of time because it's, because you're like, what, what is this original? Like, what is, how do you make magic new? Like, what's the format? What is the thing? You know? So it was like, okay, here's a, I had a pitch where it was me and a magician buddy and it was us, it was called Out Tricked and it was every episode we're trying to like one up each other, kind of like the prestige, you know? Okay, could be fun. Um, You know, other pitches where it's like using magic to solve America's problems, you know, you know, it'd be fun and stuff. But I think it wasn't until, I, it wasn't that the show concept wasn't ready. It turned out it was just that that I wasn't ready as a performer or like knowing who I am, comfortable in my own skin, like to not to to just be to be me. Like and it did, and did it, that take you doing so many more like so club many shows, shows so many stuff? club shows, so many you know TV appearances, and and also trial and error. Like all those failed pitches were were experiments and were experienced to were, were was experience for me to put something on tape like well, let's make a sizzle reel you know like trying to make these little demos and you're kind of learning what didn't work every time and you're also kind of getting little snippets of what did work so you kind of okay there was something there and you can then you know eventually recreate the perfect thing you know you can kind of pick up pick the pieces of of each of each uh failure quote-unquote failure along the way and kind of hopefully create a win yeah yeah and after Cupcake Wars, were then were was a part of you or even manager agent wanting to just put you as host because you're like oh you just finished this series as a host you could obviously go host more shows mm-hmm. or was that in your like at that it was point all, too- all happening at the same time so like I I hosted like some Disney uh, Win Loser Draw on the Disney Channel oh, right. I hosted a couple shows on the Hub Network was like a Hasbro channel that they had for a little while that nobody saw. But it was a great experience. Like I had a, I had a weekly show, weekly half hour show. So I did 52 episodes of this pop culture news magazine show where it was just me tossing the clips and, and writing oh. jokes that luckily nobody saw because it was, <laughs> it was, it was, it was not great. You know, like we had, a, we had a lot of different, we had a very young demographic to appease in a right. very conservative corporation oh, piece. Okay. So like it sucks a lot of what the funny out, say, yeah. but, um, but, but it let me. Just, just get the confidence, you know, to kind of yeah, be like on camera and not look probably, uncomfortable. It wasn't the best show, but right. then, yeah. But it's like 25 so hours of television. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So all these times, so these things you were doing as you're like trying to pitch these magic shows yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. But that's what, was any anybody, as I'm saying, like an agent or manager ever like, Let's just keep pushing the TV host. You you weren't against being a TV host. Was not so against you were it. Going up. I was. I was. Things. Yeah. And because the the TV hosting was what let me, you know, like for a while I was Scheibel was my manager. You yeah. know, Mike Scheibel, a mutual friend of ours, and um, you know, at a certain point, you know, I think I outgrew his. Like we did some amazing stuff together. And at a certain point, I think I just you know outgrew his. Um, you know connections and experience with the industry. And we kind of, you know, then I went to a manager who'd kind of been doing it at that level for a longer time. But, but the hosting gigs, even though it wasn't the magic thing I wanted to do was what gave me access to maybe bigger agencies with yeah, bigger contacts. That would and, even take meetings yeah, or yeah. consider. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, like a lot of agents and managers, like they, it's very exciting when someone is not just one thing, you know, it's kind of fun to, to, okay. to, to diversify. Yeah, yeah. That's why I didn't wonder if anybody was like trying to talk you out of trying to pursue the stop? magic. Yeah. Like, look, we could, you could be the next right. this, you could be the next, you know, whoever. Well, there were times I was, I was like too busy with, you know, a hosting job to like do anything else. But there was yeah. always, I think it was just always waiting for the right time and place. And, I, and then it wasn't until my manager, it was interesting. So my manager, Alex Murray, who I've been with for nine years now, his first order of business when I signed with him was because my stage name was just incredible. Yeah. Then I was I wondering by. when you decided his to His first drop order that. of business is I'd love to work with you. First thing we do, we're killing just incredible. You're going to be Justin Wilman. He's like, I can't, be, I can't tell people I represent a guy named Justin Credible. I just can't <laughs> sleep at night. And I had always been uncomfortable. It was like a very catchy stage name for touring colleges because people remember your name and it's did a pun. Did you have that from when you were very young or where did Justin Credible? I had Incredible it from high school. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And that was just to, yeah, be like It's like it was great for kids' yourself. birthday parties yeah. and then somehow it was great for colleges. Justin and then Credible. somehow it was like great Justin for, Credible. I was that on Rachel Ray. But you're kind of like, yeah, you're kind of, only a, cer a few certain people can like take a hokey stage name and take it to a list status yeah. cedric the entertainer you know <laughs> right. um uh who else we got musicians can get away with everything comics you know cedric, and the amazing jonathan you know but he's it kind of works for him got it so when he suggested that you I was didn't like, have okay. any bit of hesitation you're like cool. no i was i was nervous about the rebrand yeah remember like, like we're talking about how do we retrain people yeah and some like, people thought it was a big mistake like people that some like Magician fans, even or... Dan Levy thought it was a big, some people just oh. were like, but you're just incredible, just incredible. It's the best. Everyone knows just incredible. Yeah. My license plate was creds, you know, right. like I was all in, <laughs> but it was like, um, I just knew if I'm not doing magic, it's really weird to call yourself just incredible. So like, Hey, I'm just incredible. Host of cupcake wars. It's like, wait, what? Why? So I, I figured let's just. That was the beginning of figuring out who I was. So that right. was the first order of business. And then was, I kind did of, that create any sort of like you created identity space. like though like, ah, if I'm not just incredible, am I still a magician? Some people just <laughs> kept some people, you know, still called me that. I kind of like was uh I think I it was like Justin Wilman presents the Just Incredible show or something like on my touring posters oh, or whatever. Like I good, kind of baby yeah. stepped out of it. That's a good baby step. But for the most part, again, nobody cares. No, like people, well, like, no one's they, thinking about you that much unless yeah. they're like a oh, crazy stalker. Or it could create a, a confusion for them and then it's like, and then they'll get over. <laughs> right. Like whatever. It's just, wait, just incredible? Just yeah. They got over it. <laughs> yeah. it, it. It worked out. And then, um, and then, you know, we pitched a pilot to Comedy Central eventually. Sleight of mouth was like, I, I realized again, like, you know what, instead of trying to like pitch it pitch a magic show format and like describe it to somebody I, like the advice I gave to you, which was you just need to do it, you know, on a smaller scale. So I like did a web series on the Nerdist YouTube channel. Right. And then like that was my, it was basically like a little baby, baby starter TV, TV series kind of thing. And that I was able to learn a lot from that started. And then from that kind of pitch a, um, a pilot format to Comedy Central. They didn't pick it up, but they aired it. And then I pitched them another pilot and we shot it, didn't pick it up. And so that was like a few rapid failures, but there was a lot of good stuff in those failures. And then I was able to kind of take the good stuff, recut it and pitch it to Netflix. And, and I, I didn't even pitch, I didn't even know what the show was then at that point. I kind of just was like, here's this, this, this. And we just had a great meeting. And, yeah. and then I had, and then they picked it up and then they were like, so yeah, 
sorry, just we need a what for paperwork. What is the show exactly? <laughs> And, that, and that's when I had to like come, you had gotten come up to with that it. point because you had probably done so many things and pitched so many things that at that point you were basically just pitching yourself. <laughs> that's yeah, exactly. And they were like on board with exactly. what you would offer, even exactly. though they weren't. <laughs> it's like yeah, pitching yourself, and it's like we like that thing you did, that thing, that thing. okay, cool. So how do so yes, let's do it. By the way, how does all this work? How does this all <laughs> yeah, come together? That's awesome. But also over the years, you've been like on L. How many? You've been on oh, Ellen the night before times. we're taping this. You were just on Jimmy Fallon. Yep. yep. But um, yeah, you've been on Ellen and stuff like that. So how did those things, because those would be not necessarily like entwined with, oh, mm-hmm. I got magic for humans, because that was before that. It was just you were able to like go on and be like entertainer. Yeah. You know, I think whenever I had like a really good, like when I was big from Rachel Ray, which I was able to get in on the ground floor of that show, I was got able it. to then get a lot of good tape of me on TV doing tricks, yeah. you know, and you kind of have to always be working on a new bit, a new new piece of material. Right. Cause once you do it on TV, it's kind of like, okay, you can't you go on every that. show and do yeah. that. And, and then from Rachel Ray, I was able to pitch a bit to Ellen, you know, I was able to get like one of their producers to come see me in the back of the comic book shop on sunset. I used right. to do shows yeah, at, and, the, uh-huh. and then, you know, once they saw that they booked me and then once you're kind of in the mix and you kind of delivered the first time, then, you know, it's a little easier to pitch them the second time. And and then The Tonight Show, like I'd wanted to do for years with Leno. You know, he was my yeah. hero as a kid. Like I'd watch, study it every night. And and um, my best friend was a talent coordinator, oh, Chelco, right. at, the, at The Tonight Show. And, you know, he had his boss come out to see different shows we did over the course of probably like four or five years. So this was, I, I found, I found patience to be very important. Like as long as I know it's going to happen one day. I, I, I need to wait for the happen. right time. Timing is important. Like you can't yeah. manufacture the perfect timing. Yeah. You just need to let them know you're there. And, and, you know, so, um, they had a guest drop out like the day before and for the tonight show. Oh. And that's when his boss was like, you know what? Hugh Jackman's the main guest. He was in the press. Let's let, let's let's get Justin on the show that night, and then that was kind of like the beginning of doing Leno a couple times in a year. And with Fallon, like this show's been on the air for six years, and I I've, I've been pitching bits to that show for a long time, really, and watching a lot of magicians go on the show, and just wondering, like, damn, what what is for Fallon? Like the show been on for it's been on for like a long time now, and I've always been like, oh, I gotta get on Fallon. He'll love this. Would be so great. And it wasn't until yesterday that it finally happened. And it's all and it was but, great. It's so just, yeah, you are able, like you've been able to say, it's all happening. It's all happening, which is actually like, I have a me- one of my magnets for my product line is just, it's all happening like yeah, over and over. It, because that's been my mantra like yeah. the last year too. It's sort of like, I want this because I, especially like motherhood, I was like, oh, I'm going to be a mom. And now in the last over year, like last year, I was more like, okay, back on this stream, back on this, back on this. And I, so I would then felt a bit of a rush. I need to be doing things now and seeing other people and getting in comparison mode. And so then like, it's all happening. Yeah. Comparison mode is Has tough. been like, was a mantra that helped me. It was just like, it's all happening. I don't know the timing. It, mm-hmm. it, it's Comparison mode though, for me also is really great at keeping me, free, you know, keeping away from complacency and, and, you know, yeah. sitting on your laurels. Like I'm very competitive, you know, like, you know, seeing, seeing my, uh, a peer, you know, like Excel is exciting. Even if they're good friends, I'm happy for them, but also like lights that little fire in your belly. And yep. You're like, oh yeah, I can't, yeah. no, no sitting back. 
Yeah. Um, I did start a weekly YouTube channel yes, last you did. year. Yes, yes. Not in the talk show format, but I am doing this. Uh, You're doing podcast. this. This is, and this yeah. is. Um, but uh, one of my I call bullshit videos is I call bullshit on like jealousy and comparison. And what I said is the th- two things that help me when I yeah see somebody and I'm like, oh, I want that. Or like, I can't believe they have that and I haven't done it yet or something like that. That one is to see like, that means it's possible for me. Yes. Like if I see somebody that is similar to me getting something I want, like a speaking gig I want, wow, if they hired her, that's possible they could hire me in the future because they're going to get sick of, like they're going to be looking for new people. But no, right. but also then to see why does that person and have that and I don't? Well, they're probably doing something. Like they're putting themselves out there. Like so, if I want that, then yeah, get into action. Yes. So like, what I mean, you were sometimes saying, if it's a peer who's like, who, whose talent is like astounding, it's like, okay, well, yeah, this should be happening. Well, and also say, and that's thing. great. Those people that I wince about, it's like, well, yeah, they are amazing, right? And so it's checking myself when I feel those pangs to once like celebrate them because you're really celebrating yourself and like that's possible that happened for you that's amazing like somebody else gets a tv show even though you mm-hmm. really want it oh it's possible that yeah they'll get oh there's a magician on fallon they didn't hire me yet or have me on rising tides possible. raise all ships and then another is like yeah then it helps me get into action well if that's something i want then what am i doing about it right <laughs> but sometimes if someone does get an opportunity that you've been gunning for and you don't think that you're like i don't i don't get it like that it, I, whatever it is, you, you should, yeah, it should all be people, turned into positivity. You know, like there's something they're doing right. There's it, or, or it just shows that, that there is space for you or that you will even shine greater, you know, like. Right. Cause uh, yeah, dumb people do get given things because of, they know somebody or there. And then also maybe like same thing if you could get into that, but I'm so much, I have been doing the work and they haven't, you can of course go into that too. With, with magic, because there are so few like, because well you don't see it so much, like, yeah. you think that, like, oh, There's my God, someone else got on Fallon before me. Well, it's all, it's all over, There's you know. space. Yeah, right? oh, they there won't book another magician space. for six months. But if I, I've, I try to think like, like a musician or a comedian would think, which is... You know, like, um, there's room for all of us. And the, people can be fans of all of us. People can have f- many different favorite bands. People can have a yeah. lot of comedians they love. They don't... It doesn't mean they can just have one magician that they like, you know. And sometimes that's an uphill battle. Some some TV shows do say, no, 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 we we, yeah. we already had we a magician. Hit our magician we did for that this exactly. <laughs> but if you think about it, like a band would never be jealous if another band was on Fallon the week prior. No, because he has a band on every week. There's room for everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's happening. Just maybe not this month. Exactly. This it's all about this. planting these seeds. I've I'm always astounded by the someone I met way back someone I took a meeting with and it didn't I didn't get the opportunity that meeting was about eight years ago but now they're somewhere else and they never forgot about that meeting and maybe they've always been thinking in the back of their head what what could I do with that person and so it's like always show up never be on autopilot always you know just give it give it your all never think of anything as a failure even if what was intended didn't happen because well, like I'm that even stuff thinking can be huge you later. started back at those like kids parties in LA, you don't know what parents were in the yeah. room that could have been like, who is this guy? I want to give him a show. You yeah. know, like you never know who people are. You exactly. never know when something's going to come back around or like somebody can remember the kindness you showed them yes. years ago or like something like that. Yeah. You really just never know. Yeah. It's wild. Um, <laughs> I wasn't planning to bring this up, but the drunk history since you're 
since your wife just came in uh, with your son that made me remember like what made you guys make the drunk history videos well the first we did one for our wedding yeah and it was kind of the idea was utilitarian in that at a rehearsal dinner we're going to see all these extended family members who we have never met together and we're gonna get asked how did you guys meet Got the whole it. night so we're gonna waste our whole rehearsal dinner on repetitive small talk so let's make a funny video let's do a drunk history spoof we both love drunk history where we because we did have a good story about how we met like our kind of courting saga um let's make us let's get drunk tell the story have our friends reenactment so it was for the video it was video for the was rehearsal play at the rehearsal dinner and then and then they people loved it they're like you got to put that online so we put it online and Got then, it. you know, um, when Jack was born, he came a month early. It was a crazy saga of a day. So Jill had the idea that for his first birthday, we should That's do another one. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. Those videos are great. I'm going to link them in the show notes. Great. They're yeah. hilarious. So what about two? Oh, we were talking about the shows going on the big TV shows. What did that feel like then? I'm sure you're so excited, but are you also like scared shitless? Like so what nervous. if the... Because it's also not just based on like you. Something mm -hmm. could go wrong with like the trick that you planned. And it has. Things have gone wrong. They have? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Um, so how do you get yourself out of your head to try to like actually be there? Well, or do you? like whenever oh, I'm going, like luckily, like I have, you know, when, when I'm maybe, okay, I'm going to do this bit. Well, luckily with the first Leno, I didn't have time to freak myself out because it was happening the next day. So it was like, here, I'm going to do this trick that I... Do every I do in my show all the time. I feel good about it. Here's how it's going to work. Okay, just and boom, it's happening. If I have like a month to freak out about it, I'll get in my head. But I will try to just run it. Go. I'll do spots around town at different shows to run the bit. And then I've learned just to when the show time comes because it is so nerve wracking. And it's like okay, you walk out there and it's Ellen and the and then crowd, live audience, it's live and audience, the and you can't like you can't. It's really hard to be and like, go like thinking of yeah, and nothing is going the way it went in your head. So it's like oh no no she's oh shoot she's asking me the question now oh no I had another thing like I learned just to try to forget everything you prepared and that way you can at least be kind of present it's really hard to be really yeah. really present but at least you be kind of present so that if if it goes a different because there's nothing worse than like and i've and i've done this where you're doing it like you've rehearsed it and you're not in tune with the person you're with and there's just like a disconnection you know like so what are you going to show us today um so what are, and you kind of go into like a script like you can tell like oh they're you know it, it feels a little fabricated yeah. so i learned just to just to try to forget all the preparation. It, it goes how it goes. Be in the moment. Listen, you know. Um, but yeah, the doing magic, you know, because, you know, my hand, your hands will start shaking, oh, which never right. happens. And it never happens when there's no stakes, yeah. you know. Um, and some, some appearances have gone better than others. I mean, a lot of times, because of the Rachel Ray show, like I was able to get a little, little, you know, just road time under my belt of just going on yeah a, a talk show you like know that's a lot of it is just getting comfortable just getting comfortable yeah yeah and kind of like it's a lot of fake it till you make it you know like it's kind of like i would think okay who do i like when they go on yeah betty size my dog <laughs> sitting next to you yeah boring. uh but thinking like you know like okay i love jimmy fallon's energy or you know i love the, the people who i love you kind of like steal little bits of that how they handle themselves. And then it's like, okay, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to act like I do this all the time. What would that look like? And even though I've never done this and I'm scared shitless, but I'm going to just try to fake it. And, and it, it, it works. And yeah. then eventually like, you don't have to fake it anymore. It's kind of like, oh no, this is how I do it. You yeah. know? 
Or you and, just get more comfortable with right. being there. That and trying to have fun, like trying to and not set so yourself up for success. Yeah. Oh, that's the word. Being attached to how it's going to go or like, you know, so many times I'll have like, okay, I'm going to do this joke. Oh, this is a great new joke. And you just kind of, oh, at, by the end, even if it went great, oh, I forgot those two jokes. Oh my God, I forgot those jokes. It's your only it would have been so much better, but no, no, no. It just, you didn't need it. You know, like yeah. it's, it's, uh, and all this stuff is easier said than done, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like with Fallon, like yeah, yesterday I was, I was, I was supposed to do a completely different bit that I'd been working on for a month, like this really special thing that I love and had never done on TV. And then the morning of the show, I get an email, hey, uh, a couple other segments are now running longer. We have two minutes less. Because oh, I had, I had so taken this 15 had... minute bit, cut it down to seven, which took me weeks of honing and like surgery, surgery to get this thing down. And I was like, seven minutes, I can do it in seven. And then they're like, we have five minutes now. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't, like, I can't. So I was like, I, I can't do that bit. Like I want to, so I did a bit that I have done a lot and uh, much more comfortable with and it went great. So luckily I wasn't too attached. I mean, I was pretty attached to, yeah, to how it was like, going to go, I... but as opposed to try to squeeze it in and, and then, hate it hate yeah. that i had to lose a bunch of the things that made it great i was like let me just pivot and do a different bit and how much i i can't imagine how much work and time it must take to create like a season yeah for magic for humans yeah so, that's i mean a, any show but like takes a year the writing and then the uh, filming i'm sure has got to be challenging mm -hmm. and, and i don't yeah i mean i put together an amazing team to like for you know of kind of like a little powerhouse for each phase of the production you know like there's this amazing writer's room and then you know the magic squad and then the you know kind of in production but it is it is a lot of work it's a it's a grind because we i mean writing magic is really hard you can't just like sit down and write a script and yeah and then you, tell everybody, go get all those things there's like all this r d and you know, things don't really look as good as you thought they would, or that method doesn't work. Especially on TV. Yeah. And on TV, it has to be, it has to be like perfect. Like people will pause and slow down and it's in 4K. Like, so you can't use methods that even that you could get away with live. Like I can make people to use a method that would fool you live. But if you're filming it, you would then watch it back and see that string that you just didn't right. notice because I distracted you or whatever. Like, so it's, it's really hard. But so rewarding because, um, because finally it's able to make a show that is that feels like authentically me, you know. And a lot of that I think comes from our buddy John Morrow. For 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 years, he would always like nudge me. He's like, "You're you're um, you know, because because I would be doing, you know, a little more risque material or kind of doing stuff that just wasn't like, like I was severing away from the whole the natural wholesomeness of magic. Right. John John Morrow would always veered me like you know not to be like a oh, you're here to be a motivational speaker or whatever like but he always thought like you, you know magic has this ability i think to inspire people you know yeah. or to share a positive message and i think i'd just been in denial of that for a long time because i i hadn't figured out a way to do that in a way that didn't feel like preachy or hokey you know so i kind of like was avoiding the wholesome or like trying and, to like how can i make this cooler or edgier i think or something? i think i was like, i think i was like trying to be cool like you weren't cool enough yeah so i think i was i was attached how to can i put an being, edge on this exactly and and therefore didn't know it at the time but i, I was always putting on a front that wasn't me because i i think who i am like i do love you know like the 
the the vibe of the community when we met you know it really was about like this kind of gratitude and love and 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 acceptance and we were all pretty evolved you know yeah. mentally and spiritually and but then my act was very different wasn't that you know because i didn't think that was cool i didn't right. think that side of me was a cool thing to yeah. show so i think it was finally being comfortable enough to share like this authentic wholesome sliver was still edge edge here and there but but uh i i just wasn't ready to do it until magic for humans but but it it's so rewarding when that thing that actually kind of tickles me and quenches my soul touches other people yeah which is, which is so great and netflix is able to touch a lot of people yeah i think crazy. it's incredible and i think the show is incredible and to me it feels very much like this is justin well, this good. is not like just like yeah it feels like i don't know it just like feels like like yep that's my friend uh, justin yeah, that i've always known but like in the best way and that's like, the thing with so much it's, it's so much easier to write for yourself <laughs> when it's really you when you're being as opposed to like all right trying to force what yourself would that, into you know what would that skewed version of because you can't yeah it's hard to write for a fake version of you that you think people want i think what they really they really want get, the real you yeah. i mean unless you're some great character actor you have you know like there are amazing people who, you know, you know, Sasha Baron Cohen can create a well-rounded character and write for this person different from him. And it's amazing, but it's much easier just to tell your own story, tell your own story. Yeah. Because yeah. no one has your story. So you're automatically original and no one can say you're wrong or doing it wrong because yeah. it's you. And we all, yeah, we, everybody, you have your own perspective and how you yeah. see things and say things and share things. And yeah, I'm so happy for you. Oh, thank and you. I love it so much and i love you so much my noisy son i love him so much he's up there <laughs> banging around now yeah are there um how do you feel now in like your career or do you have you is there something else that you've had your eye on because you're like have you gotten the thing that you always wanted yeah that's and do you are you able to enjoy it it's hard to finally I'm... once you get the thing you always wanted which i feel like i yeah i've, I've been talking about this since i was 12 um you need to make time to enjoy it because there's no time because there, no one is a there's never a moment where everyone huddles around you and it's like all right let's take a yeah. everybody we're gonna take a month break to celebrate you no because yeah. it's kind of like everyone else is kind of on to their next thing and it's very exciting but once it airs you kind of it's like what's next you know so you really you have to remember to tie your happiness to something that uh that you have control over at all times that's always there yeah. you know which is friends family you know, love, dogs, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, living, living life. I mean, for me, um, I'm excited just to, just to acquire more life experience really. Cause I learned that that's what fuels a good, like for me, it fuels a good magic show. Like magic for humans is based on, you know, right. life experience. So I know that if I don't, if I just work, 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 I'm going to have nothing to talk about that anybody cares about. No one wants right. to watch a show about you know, a magician talking about the writer's the, room. The writer's room. The you need to like live a life, <laughs> you know? So therefore I've stumbled upon this requirement. And luckily I stumbled upon a format for, uh, you know, a career right now that requires me to live a life, which thank God. Well, yeah. if you so to have for tab yeah, material. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's great. I mean, that's the point. The reason my podcast is called Claim It is yes. that <laughs> so often I find we all will be pinning our joy, our feelings of worth, enoughness, success. And once I have this, do this, be this, then I'll feel this way. And you might for a little bit like, yeah, the, it airs. 
whatever I feel that I feel success or whatever and then immediately goes away and so if we're constantly putting it out there somewhere then we're gonna be struggling to actually feel it and so right. yeah we gotta find it ourselves every day that feeling and not and that I don't think it's wrong to want more because I'm sure that now you have the show well, it is that a you're drug. probably I mean it is a drug and also like it's like you re well, you realize that the thing that you always thought you wanted is very, it's is not a simple, you know, it's not like, oh, okay, I got it and I'm done. It's kind of like, I got it and now, wow, okay, that, now, now, now what, you know? Yeah. Um, what I loved about doing the thing that I just did, I think, was feeling like a purpose, you know? Yeah. So it doesn't matter if that thing is, is a podcast or a painting or a magic show, whatever, like just to feel like you're always, you're always busy making something. That makes you feel good, yeah. like um, that, 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 yeah, that contributes what you think is something useful, then, then doesn't matter. Yeah, doesn't matter what is next. So that, that's exciting to maybe be able to, I want to work on a live special. I want to, you know, finally document kind of the onstage Justin show in a way that I think uh, is ready. Yeah. 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 And that's, yeah. When, and that's saying like, yeah, there's not nothing wrong with wanting more or wanting to grow. Cause it's like, yeah, I have big goals in that, but it's also like that finding it's like, is that like, Oh, once cause me, I'm right now after my first book deal, I've written the book proposal, but it's also like why it's, it's keeping that in check with these big goals and dreams is, mm -hmm. is it because then once I have a book deal or, and I've written my book or it's reached this bestsellers list, then I'll feel like I'm enough or I have something to say. Or I'm I mean, worried. none of us plan on retire. I mean, it's not like yeah. the goal so isn't retirement. Yeah, it's like so I got like my goal and retire. Joy and your worth in what you're doing and remembering like, well, why am I doing that? Is it because then I can say that I did that or because, well, because no, I really think my words will contribute. Like, why are you creating this show? Like, cause you really want to, but also like it brings people joy. I'm sure, you know, like mm -hmm. I think sometimes if we can remember like, well, why are we doing things and not just like, yeah, cause then I'll be enough. Well, after, then I'll be at the level of these people. Then after season one, when I realized like how many people the show reaches and that people really like it in making season two, it was, I think I was able to not just be making it to take a thing off my list for me, but it was able to like okay, I think this will really touch people. I think this will be relatable. I think people maybe get something out of this. So you're thinking about, you know, when I go on tour, I meet those people after the shows and they tell me, you know, what the show meant or that, that it got them through a tough time. So I, I, I'm thinking about them while I'm busy doing it, which kind of helps make it not so... Yeah, so it's not just Self-serving like or ego-driven, ego right, like I'm exactly. making the show because I'm finally one of these magicians that gets a show. Or right, like, exactly. Which, which is awesome, though, you are like, but... Right. <laughs> what makes you want to show up every day and make yeah. it happen and make it be better. Yeah. It's weird because it never feels like, oh, now I'm one of those magicians who made a show. I'm Because sure. I just feel like, no, a, nobody feel really... like an outsider, kind <laughs> exactly. of like a fraud, always. And that's how most people, yeah, that get yeah. everything they've ever wanted. They're usually not like, yeah, got it, everything's great. Now they're still feeling like they're either a fraud or they're not doing enough or someone's better. Or, <laughs> or you feel like, wow, I finally got it. And man, that was way harder than I thought. Why was it so hard for me, but seemingly easy for other people? But comparison of things that you know nothing about because you exactly. know nobody else. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, keychains are here. Mm -hmm. Which phrase? I of course I've already sent him. I am magic, guys. Mm -hmm. so, it's not necessarily which phrase you like the most, but which maybe phrase you need to be reminded of the most right now. Mm. I would say um, so fucking grateful. Ooh. You know, because it's one of those things that's like so easier said than done, like yeah. to actually to stop and just be like, 
pleased with all the things that you have, not the things that you need. And, yeah. um, and yeah, so I am so fucking grateful. Awesome. I love that choice for you. Uh, what These is are something... pretty, by the way. These are pretty. Aww. Good etchings. <laughs> um, what is something you do to raise your joy levels? Let's say you're like either in a bad mood or like you don't really feel like performing today, but you have a show coming up, you're tired, like you're just like not in the mood, like something you do to get yourself into like, all right, I'm here, I'm doing this. Uh, I'm excited um, to be here, even though I really would rather be in bed or home with my family. Perhaps. Yeah, I find, because I, li- I have like a, you know, I have my phone in my pocket playing a podcast a lot of the time. So I... The, or the radio, like I'll always have this constant noise and it's not good. I'll need to either, all right, let me just go take a shower with no music, no nothing. And then let my head like reset. reset me. Or I need to listen to music. Like I used to listen to music way more than I do now. Like I, 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 I just going back to a song I know makes me happy or something that'll get yeah. me singing along. Therefore I'll get on my head and I'll feel good. If I'm at a show and I'm like exhausted, I took a red eye here and setting up and oh God, my back hurts and I don't, I don't have to can't bring it i will just peek out and i'll see the people and you'll see these people who had to get a babysitter have been thinking about this for a long time and bought these tickets for a while drove from really far away and then i will remember like oh yeah like 14 year old justin like would be so happy if he knew that people actually came to see him so don't be a freaking stick in the mud like this is what you were here for you know and i'll, I'll get pretty jazzed about that love that. yeah love that reminder. famously howard thurston one of the famous magicians in the vaudeville era um would would backstage peek out and he would just look at the crowd and go down the aisle just say i love you i love you i love you, I love you. and like wow. just like just to get himself in that place of gratitude before a show just right. looking at an audience telling them each that he loves them and he's yeah. glad they're there that's super cool because then he probably it was like sounds walking. exhausting. It's <laughs> a lot of. Things. All right, I got I did I got, twenty. I I'm just good. did about a thousand loves. Just, let me do what I love you. Audiences. I love that section. I love that section. Yeah, <laughs> it could be creepy. I love you. I love you. But also, I think that that probably helped him in when he was getting on stage. Then to remember, like this is for them. Yes, this isn't about me. Right. I may have done. I'm here this to entertain them five times this week, but these people will not haven't seen me ever and may not see me again for another year this is special for them yeah. i need to make it special for yeah. them yeah um all right i i had this thought that i think all the time now and i ask everybody to apply it to their own life that what is easiest for you is not always what is best for you mm. which when i say this out loud it seems very like of course not mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's so easy to choose the easy route mm-hmm. in life, whether it's like, oh, I'm just going to get this. It's easy. I'm going to sleep in. It's easy or whatever. Yeah. So I ask everybody to apply it to their own life. What is easiest for me is to do blank. What is best for me is to do. Why? Well, I, I mean, that mantra, you know, if just to the, the nitty gritty of what I have to go through as a magician when we're coming up with methods for the show, like when we're in it and it's like, we got to shoot a bit in four days and I'll be like, guys, we, we could just do this, you know, like. And, and, and I will hear, I will hear and feel myself like copping out on, uh, the better version of something because it's, we, we can do that now, you know? Yeah. Uh, but it's not going to be what's best. And the best magic that I'm really proud of is always the stuff that like, like when you watch it, when another magician watches it and they're like, I have no clue how you did that. I mean, unless you guys like did this and this and this, but you would have never done that. 
That's normally how we do it. That's usually like, when oh yeah, say, it took like 20 years. When you say, that's amazing, the only way I could think of it is if some crazy person did this, but nobody would ever go through that trouble. That's when, that's normally what you have to do. And I think that is true, obviously, and no matter what you do, it's kind of like, I mean, sometimes, sometimes what's best for you is easy if it's like a, like, okay, I need to kill Justin Credible and go to Justin Willman. That's easy, but I'm making it hard. Yeah. You know, it's very easy just to make a decision. Yeah. But we can make it feel really hard yes, because we're, we're resisting so good it. At that. Yeah. So, um, what's another good example in like real life stuff? Hmm. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, like, you know, my wife Jill and I, we, you know, as we've, you know, trying to balance careers and, and not having our son and trying to be, very present with him you know it is i think we've taught ourselves that we kind of need to do it the hard way and you really need to you know get that get that face time and put being a parent first it's a big shift i think when you're going from an egocentric performer for years yeah you know to be like okay now this is this is a big shift and 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 i and i love it because there's nothing that takes me out of my head more than you know making noise upstairs with him yeah Disrupting podcasts below. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. I think. <laughs> Making sure I didn't miss anything. Yep. All right. The last question is the name of the podcast is Claim It. Claim it. I already said why. Mm -hmm. What are you claiming for yourself right now, Justin? I'm claiming. Here's what I'm going to claim. I'm going to claim that I can. I'm going to claim a vacation. Okay. Normally, I have a hard time claiming a vacation or at least like unplugging on a yeah. vacation. I'm always, because you give me one or two days like at rest or like in nice weather and I'm supposed to just sit there and read a book on the beach and I start going stir crazy yeah. and I think, I think I'm, my career's over and I'm, I'm unemployed. I need to come up with the next big thing. I'm claiming uh, that I can take a week of not needing to think of anything work related. Yeah. And then can come back feeling refreshed. Yeah. I get that. I need it. I, I don't just, just claim it. I need it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And I'm claiming fatherhood as well. That's been, that's an exciting thing. And making the show for a year while also, ha you know, it being the first year of his life was really tough uh -huh. and a lot of undue pressure on Jill, you know, like she's having to handle the morning shifts. You know, she's really carrying the weight here while I'm, you know, making this thing. And Right. So it's kind of like the biggest, this thing, two of yeah. the biggest things in your life just happened at the same, at the same time. time. And, you know, and, 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 you know, she has to put a lot of her own endeavors on the side, you know, while in order to, you know, keep, keep the, yeah. all the uh, personal life afloat. So I'm want to claim, you know, it being okay to be a dad yeah. first and let the other stuff kind of happen when it's supposed to. Yeah. And what you, you know, said earlier too, of that reminding yourself that no, being like off is good. Yeah. It'll give me more. I mean, sometimes I use that to trigger, you know, even it's like, it's still, it's like a work related, you know, uh, this will be good for business or this will be good for creativity, but whatever it takes for you to just live your life and yeah. be okay with it, I think is okay. I've done a lot since becoming a mother too of sort of like, it's just, I allow myself different. It's like I have work hours, but also it's sort of like, yeah, I might come up enough with an idea while I'm driving, while I'm playing with the kids, while I'm cooking or something like that yeah. for like different things. And so Google docs is my best. Oh yeah. I do that all the time. On my phone. Like, but that's how I'm able to do things. And I have a lot of friends like entrepreneurs and stuff will be like, I don't know, you're like a content creating machine. How do you do that? And I don't work 40 hours a week. Mm -hmm. I work like maybe 20, but then of course always. Right. Your this, brain's that, just doing stuff. Whatever. 
but it's because I create like my like I call bullshit. It's like because I have a list of tons of ideas that just come to me and I pop them in. And then yeah. when I have the time to like do them, then I do them or yeah. whatever. And so like, yeah, it's like sometimes it's just the permission that I don't always have to be working has given made me so much more creative. Right. Because the it's best like, ideas, business related otherwise, happen while you're yeah, just living They don't life. usually sit when I'm like, okay, I got to think of ideas for uh-huh. this. It's just like they come, I make a note of it. And then like, okay, let's explore that. Yeah, like, it's but good. me giving myself the permission that like, you don't have to be working, enjoy this. But it's, you know, like then, oh, maybe amazing ideas will come up. Yeah. And maybe they won't. How about that? <laughs> All right. I love you so love much. Love you, Trisha. This and has been so, so fun. So fun. And Thanks for coming to hang. You can take Betty with you as your co-host. <laughs> Betty, I used to. She's quiet. I used to go walk his hike with his dog when he was out <laughs> she's sitting by me right now oh sorry Betty. you just looked at me like what are you doing uh, sleeping all right bye we love you love you too thank you so everybody much everybody watch all the stuff uh, like- watch the things <laughs> link in bio all right i've got all the links for his drunk history videos in the show notes Again, of course, you got to go watch Magic for Humans. There's two seasons out now. A third is coming on Netflix. For full show notes, go to yourdwellgist.com slash podcast. And for all things Justin, go to justinwillman.com. He's at justinwillman on Instagram. I'm yourdwellgist.com at yourdwellgist on Instagram. I would love to hear from you. Share the episode. Let us know what you think. Please subscribe. Please rate the podcast. Let me know what you think, why you're listening, what makes you come back, what your favorite part is. That does something for me, but it also, the more reviews, the more it gets out there that um, the podcast partners or whatever will place it for more people to find it and then listen. So, leave a review. And if you do, email me, send me a screenshot, podcast at yourdwellgist.com, and I will send you a little gift from my shop because I've got so many awesome goods. The Own Your Awesome Affirmation Deck. I got mugs. I got wine glasses. I got journals. I got notepads. And of course, the keychains at shop.yourdwellgist.com. I'll send you a gift, guys. (laughs) Make sure to download my app, Own Your Awesome. It's a daily inspiration app. You can get it in the Google Play and Apple app stores. And um, send me a note. Say hey on, um, on social media. I love connecting with you. I love hearing what you think about the episodes and so much more. For the final thought of this episode, I am going to ask you to ask yourself, what brings me joy? What lights me up? It's so simple. Sometimes we just forget. It might be like listening to music, hanging out with this person, eating a burrito. Don't judge yourself for what brings you joy. (laughs) So what brings you joy? Send it, shout it out, tag me, go for it and own who you are. You're awesome.